guys, welcome back to Mike Jiggers with Dan and Emily. We've got an awesome show for you today. We're gonna start off with our what the fuck news and exciting news as usual. Hit up some conspiracy theories and possibly play a game later. And your favorite and mine, Urban Dictionary. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to today's show. Quick announcement before we get into anything else. After this episode, we're going to take a couple weeks off of recording just to enjoy the new year. We'll be back releasing the next episode of Micah Jiggers on January 16th. So, to start off the show today, last week was the Bronx and Scotty holiday episode, where Dan got both my animals' presents and got me something. My present came in late, so I'm starting off this episode letting Dan open my present. Okay, you want me to go ahead and open it? Yes. Okay. Read the box. Okay. This says, open only on podcast for the losers to know what it is. What else is on there? To Dan from Emily, Mikey, Scotty, and Bronx, but Emily is the one that bought it. <laughs> so describe the box. Um, It's cardboard. It has an Amazon smile on it, and it is taped shut with duct tape. Yeah. Some quality wrapping from the person that gave me crap over tissue paper last week. Revenge. Okay, let's see what's in this. See, what's nice is that it's so poorly wrapped that you can open it really easy. Scotty's trying to help you as well. That is awesome. So it is a Funko Pop, which I love, of Batman in a 1950s Batmobile. That is great. Isn't that sick? Yes, I love it. It's oh, it's so cool because it's it's very similar to the like 1960s Adam West Batmobile. And because the Pops have these oversized heads, his head is about a third the size of the Batmobile. It's just kind of floating above the rest of it. See, it was so hard to choose one for you because I, I know how much you like Batman. And I was thinking, oh, I want to get him some like really cool... 80s Batman because, you know, he was in that weird blue color (laughs) and the gray. And I couldn't find something. And then I was like, oh, let's just look at the Funkos because I know he likes them. And I was like, Funko Batmobile. And there was an 80s one and there was two 1950s one because the other one is black and red. Mm. And so I ordered that one and I'm really glad it came in. No, thank you. I really appreciate that. That is great. Yeah, I was. Then when it came in, I got really nervous. I'm like, oh, what if he has one already? No, I don't collect too many pops. I love them, but they just take up space. So yeah. I don't buy that many. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. I'm glad you like it. So, to segue into the rest of the show, let's get on to some fucked up news. I will start. Okay. This is a follow-up to last week's episode where we talked about Hallmark pulling the gay wedding ad. Okay. They have actually apologized, and they want to talk with that company that was running the ads about getting them back on the network. The company itself has said they'll consider it. I mean, it didn't really work out that well for them the last time, but you know, I think it's important to give Hallmark some credit for reversing, reversing their decision. The only thing that bothers me is it seems like just more of what caused the problem in the first place of they caved to backlash the first time and then they got different backlash and caved to that. I just, I wish they'd know who they were and stick to those principles rather than just being wishy-washy depending on who's complaining at any given time. Yeah. 
that all you had on that? Yeah, that's all I had. I just wanted to give an update. So mine is also kind of a update to last week. We talked about how there was a 13-car crash in the St. Louis area because people don't know how to drive in bad weather. Well, Sunday the 22nd, the day. so this is the day we're recording. So at 7.50 a.m. on the 22nd, a chain reaction of 60 cars collided with each other due to foggy, icy weather. The pileup was so bad that the first responders were forced to climb over the cars to get to the people in the accident. And then what made it even worse is that rubberneckers were just slamming into the cars. Yeah, I saw some of those photos you had saved, and it's a clusterfuck. (laughs) It looks like some of the wrecks I've seen on Grand Theft Auto, where you just keep crashing vehicles into one another. It doesn't seem possible for people to mess up that badly, but yeah. yeah. It just takes one person to make a chain reaction, but they got it cleaned up and the weather state, the local weather station said that due to the freezing temps, it made a colder frost that froze to the ground and made black ice. Nice. But still, it's like they send out precautions about hazardous weather. I don't get dumb people. I don't get people who don't know how to drive. I don't get how to drive either, so... What's your next one? Okay, so my next one. At the Army-Navy game, there was a reporter standing in front of a bunch of West Point Army cadets just as a backdrop, and a few of them were caught on camera making the okay sign with their fingers below their waist, Mm -hmm. and apparently that is now a white power symbol. So various people complained and said how horrible it is that the Army is letting, this academy is letting in people that are associated with white supremacy. When I saw the article, as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, okay, this is just the circle game. Like, I'm pretty sure you and I have played this in the past. Oh, we, I'm sure we have. It's basically like you make the okay sign below your waist. And if somebody looks, you're like, I gotcha. If, if you're really playing it, you punch them in the arm. What, is it supposed to be like a butthole? Kind of, yeah. Or you're like supposed to look like down at their pants. Yeah. So. That's clearly what these young kids are doing. And then it had to be investigated. The investigation came back. Yeah, that's what they were doing. It, they had no idea that it was even a white supremacy symbol at all, which yeah, I don't know when that I've happened. Heard, that was the first time I've heard of it. They were just playing this stupid game and they've been reprimanded because, I mean, it really isn't appropriate to be doing that on live television, especially if you're in the academy. I give them a little slack. They're kids. It's Yeah. They still got to be young. Yeah. The whole thing was funny that people would immediately jump to, this is just a bunch of white supremacists. Whatever. What's your next one? So this one gets a little dark. Okay. But um, the former Kentucky governor has been in the news hot lately because in his final days in office, he granted hundreds of pardons. A lot of them are for convicted felons, including murderers and rapists. And the one in particular that he is in the news about is for Micah Shodi, who was convicted and sentenced to 23 years for rape, sodomy, and sexual abuse. And in particular, he raped and tormented a nine-year-old girl. Classy. Right? And so he was pardoned by Matt Bevan. So here's some quotes from Bevan. One of them during a radio interview in Louisville. 
He pardoned a child rapist partly because the hymen of the nine-year-old victim was still intact. I guess there was more than one nine-year-old or more than one kid, too. This is a direct quote from him. Both their hymens were intact, Bevan said. This is perhaps more specific than people would want, but trust me, if you had been repeatedly sexually violated as a small child by an adult, there is going to be repercussions, can't word, of that physically and medically. And then off of that, there is actual scientific testing done that not all sexual abuse that happens to children can be shown that way. Just because it's not that present doesn't mean they're not being sexually abused. The last one says, you should not be sent to jail based simply the word, an uncooperated word, of a single individual, especially when it is possible to verify that medically and physically and there were no ability to do so. What the fuck? I'm not really a fan of pardons in general. Like, I... They did something to get themselves in trouble. And they were found guilty by our criminal justice system. It really feels wrong to me for one person, especially somebody who's about to leave office and facing zero political repercussions, Mm -hmm. to be able to unilaterally decide, eh, we'll let this person out. They're saying that he did a lot of this so he could have political gains. Mm. But like his defense to all the pardons are, well, most of these are because they're (laughs) so i just squirted a bunch of water up my nose (laughs) please continue worst possible time for what we're talking about but um bevins said that a lot of his pardons were supposed to be for petty convictions for like drug offenses Mm. Which I can understand being pardoned for a drug offense, like if they're minor offenses that are absolutely ridiculous. But I mean, if you're trafficking drugs, that's an offense. But like petty like pot charges, I could understand. There's no such thing as a petty rape charge. No, absolutely not. So prosecutors are going to continue to investigate on these pardons on like what they can do next, especially to get this guy off of the streets. Medical experts were saying that the shoddy guy wasn't in prison long enough to do any kind of rehabilitating and um, what they called sex offender treatment. So, like, you know, how they're going to keep him from doing it again. Castration. Pretty much. (laughs) That's how you keep them from doing it again. (laughs) But now this leaves children as potential prey Mm. because this man is is out right now. Well, and I would imagine if he's been pardoned, he probably doesn't have to be registered as a sex offender. Um, I don't know on that one, but all I know is that he only served under 18 months. <laughs> right? so fucked up. To me, in my, my opinion, so don't come at me, my opinion is because he, not that this has any, really anything to do with it, but he's a Republican governor who lost badly. Well, it was very slim, but he lost to a Democrat who was taking over office in Kentucky. So I don't know if it's just a fuck you to people or if there is something behind it, but and nobody knows why he decided to do all of these. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, my next one. Missouri church leader on Grinder tried to pay for sex acts with Arby's gift card. <laughs> Did you see that I? <laughs> yeah. 
So for the listeners, we have a kind of shared folder on Facebook where Emily and I share stories we want to talk about on the podcast. And she saw this and just immediately did the laugh emoticon. (laughs) How stupid are people? And for one, Arby sucks. So it's a lose-lose situation either way. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently, this professor, Barry Pointer of Kirksville, Missouri, teaches at Truman State University and was going on Grinder under the handle DILF. <laughs> Do you want to explain what a DILF is? Uh, daddy, I'd like to fuck. <laughs> I think it was just to hear you say daddy weird. <laughs> I'm honestly impressed that he was able to get that handle. You would think they'd be like DILF 847 or something. Yeah. But um, he would then go on Grinder to offer to pay people for sex. And the police were tipped off. So they had an undercover officer try to investigate this. And this guy messaged the undercover officer, told him if things went well enough, he'd pay for the officer's gas to get to the location and might throw in an Arby's gift card. For anybody who doesn't know what Grinder is, Grinder is basically Tinder of yeah, the Tinder. LGBTQ community. This professor slash church leader, he told the officer that he was interested in a sugar daddy relationship and that he likes to provide partners with gift cards, clothes, and cold hard cash. He's been charged with patronizing prostitution and facing up to six months in prison <laughs> and a fine of $1,000 if convicted. Can you read the first part again? <laughs> The sugar daddy? (laughs) Can we make it creepy? Yes. (laughs) Pointer said he was interested in a sugar daddy relationship. DILF means again. <laughs> DILF means daddy, I'd like to fuck. <laughs> you gonna be okay? No. <laughs> you got any more news? No. Uh, but I was gonna update people. I can collect myself here. I tried the new Kit Kat, the mint, <laughs> <Okay>. the mint. <laughs> It's a very important update. Yeah, bitches. They're fucking good. The mint chocolate Kit Kats. Oh my god. So so what you're saying is they're fucking mint. They're fucking mint. I hate you, but <laughs> I love you so much for saying that. Oh, Shan, you made my night, honestly. Too perfect. <laughs> Am I gonna need to make you a ringtone or just me saying sugar daddy relationship? <laughs> Guys, you have to agree with me. Please smash that share button. Please get Dan to do the daddy thing. Make a ringtone. Oh, God. <laughs> or I guess let us know what else Dan could say creepy, because it's hilarious. That Oh, that could be. <laughs> oh, just found a new segment. Yeah, that could Thanks. be a segment. If But people, you gotta let us know. Go on Facebook at Micah Jiggers Podcast. Tell us what you want to hear me say and make creepy. It doesn't even have to be something that's necessarily creepy. I can make it creepy. 
And I want to hear it. Moving on from what the fuck news, how about we dive into some conspiracy theories? Man, do we have some far fucking fetched ones for you today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're so good. So my first one is the reptilian elite. So just a quick, quickie on this one. There's a conspiracy theorist out there. His name is David Icke. He's a British-born nut job. Yeah, I'm familiar. So this just little snippet I have is the conspiracy theorist and New Age philosopher who were only tur- turquoise for a time insisted on being called Son of Godhead says that these Anunnaki? Anunnaki. Anunnaki. It's sad that I know what you're going for. <laughs> have controlled humankind since ancient times. Mm-hmm. So just a quick background on David Icke. British-born, he played football for a long, long time. He was a very talented goalkeeper, and he had been recruited by talent agencies, but he had to give up his career because of arthritic pains. So he had to give up his football career. And at this point in time, he started working as a travel agent. And from being a travel agent, he got a start in journalists and sports broadcasting, which he he has done for years and years. And I think he might still do it now a little bit. I don't know. Then between the 80s and up, he started to have his colorful thinking. We'll just call it that. So, reptilian elite. Here we go. Ike proposes that an interdimensional race of reptilian beings called the Archons have hijacked the Earth and are stopping humanity from realizing its true potential. He also claims that the Anunnaki are deities from the Babylonian creation myth. Anima Elise? I don't know how to say it. It's very foreign for me to say. Or they're like the Watchers who mated with human women in the biblical times. So David Icke believes that these are genetically modified human archon hybrids who are shape-shifting reptilians from the Babylonian Brotherhood or the Illuminati. And he's written multiple books on this. In his life already, he's written five or six books, and at least three of them, I think, are on this topic. I hate that I'm over here just nodding my head because I listen to paranormal podcasts. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know all about this. So I have a direct quote from Ike. When you go back into the ancient world, you find this reoccurring theme of a union between a non-human race and humans creating a hybrid. From 1998, I started coming across people who told me they had seen people changing into a non-human form. It's an old age phenomenon known as shape-shifting. They basically form a scaly humanoid with reptilian eyes rather than human eyes. This guy is... He's something else. He is something else. But he thinks that the breeding took between 200 and 300,000 years ago, the creation of Adam. Mm-hmm. And the latest was 7,000 years ago. And like he goes into like fourth and fifth dimensional talk. And I'm, no, <laughs> you, well, I mean, you know what I, I mean. I know, because, yeah. <laughs> Which is completely out there in its own. But here's just, here's a little list of people that people think are humanoid reptiles. Can I try to guess some of the people on your list? Yes. Prince Charles and the royal family. The entire royal family, yes. Hillary Clinton. And Bill. <laughs> uh, shit. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. George W. Bush. Yeah. Um, I know that there was like some Justin Bieber and Miley Cyrus connections. I have heard Lady Gaga. That one wouldn't surprise me. Love Lady- <laughs> I love Lady Gaga, but it wouldn't surprise me. 
But like the first time that I came across this theory, it's been years since I've known this, but it was like a video that somebody was trying to, oh, it was a Shane Dawson conspiracy theory (laughs) video. Fucking love Shane Dawson. But it was a video that he was showing to kind of like, you know, back up the theories. And it's talking about watch the flash, but like it slow motions this video down. And I don't remember who it was. It might have been Justin Bieber. And you like you're trying to focus on the eyes where it supposedly air quotes is what I'm doing right now. And I'm the just nodding my head because I know exactly the type of videos you're talking about. It is um a flashing eye where it goes from his normal color eyes, which I think I don't even know, to rep like a reptilian eye, which is like, you know, the green with the very elongated oval back to his normal eye. I don't know. Do you think human reptiles are real? Well, it's often just a video artifact when it's not just people inserting stuff with computers themselves. If it's something that's just naturally in the video, it's usually just some weird video artifact. But I've seen so many of these videos where it's maybe a four second long clip and then they slow it down and zoom in a little more. Then they loop it back, slow it down some more until it's painstakingly slow and just zoomed in. And once they overly zo- pixelated, yeah, I was gonna say once they zoom it in, it fucks with the image, anyways. That is stereotypical conspiracy theory. That's like right up there with tinfoil hat. It's just so popular. I don't. There's so many people that believe in it too. I think it said that there's like 12 million people who believe that reptilian humanoids are real. It might have been David Icke a few years ago was saying to stay away from malls because on like some specific day, the reptiles were going to launch their attack and basically have terror attacks on malls. And that was the day they were going to take over the world. One of my favorite things that I read, though, from him is like, he was in his he was in a room and I don't know if it was like a hotel room when he was traveling or if it was in his house and he heard noises and like he finally was just like if somebody is there give me an answer and then he got nothing of course and then supposedly a few days later he was at like a magazine bazaar or something and quote unquote saying I felt something lift my feet and directed me towards this book. And then he read this book from this crackpot. <laughs> so. Yeah, they have a way of feeding each other. <laughs> all right, is that all you have to say about the reptilians? Yeah. My first conspiracy theory. Finland does not exist. When you brought this up to me, I was so, it piqued my interest so much because it just sounds so fucking out there. <laughs> So here's the amazing thing about this theory. The guy that is responsible for putting it out there on the internet doesn't even believe it. Didn't believe it when he put it on the internet. (laughs) But it took off. So why put something out there? Okay, so here's the story. This guy, we just know his first name is Jack. And I got this from a Vice article. He was a 20-something kid on Reddit and came across a thread that was... Post the most ridiculous thing your parents taught you as a child. So he posted the story about his parents just messing with him as a kid. (laughs) They weren't actually intending for him to believe this long term. It was just a joke they played on as a kid where they convinced him that Finland did not exist. And the UN is in on the conspiracy because the world maps have been altered to include Finland. 
but the main perpetrators of this conspiracy are Russia and Japan. Okay. See, where the landmass of Finland exists on most maps, it's actually just open sea, and Japan really likes fishing. A lot of their economy is based around fishing, but environmentalists were getting in the way, and Japan needed some place to go get fish without people worrying about them overfishing. So they created this area on the map where Japan could go and fish without anybody questioning what they were doing there. It doesn't make any sense because like the the amount of space between Japan and Finland, I'm looking at a map right now because I had to visualize this. Well, the whole reason the Trans-Siberian Railroad was built was to help them transport all this fish that they're collecting in the area of Finland back to Japan. And one of the biggest companies in Finland is Nokia. Mm-hmm. It's actually a shell company that was created so that Japan can supposedly be importing a lot of Nokia cell phones, but they're actually using those shipments to hide all the fish that they're getting. Okay. Because apparently Japan buys a lot of Nokia cell phones, but nobody there uses them. And the best part of this theory is that they named it after the fish. Fish have fins. So they named it Finland. And this is just a story this kid's parents told him just to mess with him because that's what you do to kids. He believed it when he was eight or nine. And then as he got older, like, okay, that's bullshit. And he just shared it as a funny, funny anecdote on the internet. And other people ran with it like, yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely not. Yeah, the, there's nothing else to say about this theory other than it wasn't even proposed to the internet as something to be believed. It was, hey, this is the stupid thing my parents told me, and people just want something to believe in, and they ran with it. Okay. Yeah, it, it's simple. There's not a whole lot to it. It's just stupid. You're a dive into your next one? Yeah. So, my next one out there is something I'm not, like, I've been interested in a few years. Is William Shakespeare really William Shakespeare? So there is an argument out there by anti-Stratfordians who are making the argument that William Shakespeare is just a pseudonym for somebody else. There's quite a bit of knowledge to back it up, so it's not as far-fetched as many people believe. Anti-Stratfordians are a collective term for this group of people trying to pull information to disprove who Shakespeare is. Whether he actually wrote yes. the plays. William Shakespeare was 100% a real person. The theory in question is if he was literate at all to complete these. So about the middle of the 19th century is when Shakespeare's authorship was starting to be questioned. And a lot of great writers kind of have backed up this theory. And trying to say, like, was he capable of this? Okay. The most popular people who are more likely to write these are Sir Francis Bacon, Edward de Vere, the 17th century Earl of Oxford, Christopher Marlowe, and William Stanley, who was the 6th Earl of Derby. So those are the most popular people that are more likely to be associated with writing these than Shakespeare. Shakespeare lacked vital education. He didn't have any aristocratic sensibility. No kind of royal court tie. He also had a very mundane life. 
nothing really special about like any of like records that they have on him. None of his records show any kind of personality spike, I guess you could say. Like nothing in his life was actually that exciting. Okay. So he's just this really creative guy who somehow also didn't make any waves in society. Yeah. Okay. So there are several like famous skeptics of who Shakespeare is. Walt Whitman, Mark Twain, Freud, they have argued against Shakespeare's authorship. The article that I read just kept going on and on about how he was extremely illiterate. His children were very illiterate. His parents were illiterate because every time they would go sign something, it was just dashes, just straight dashes. And said that one of his daughters, when she would sign you know, legal documents, she kind of just drew a picture. Did you come across any motives for these other people to have written under his name? I know one of them that I knew was Marlowe because he had, you know, he was trying to do like government reforms. Okay. He didn't want those tied together. He was also a published writer, though. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he wrote one of the versions of Faust. Um, I'll get to those in the website that I have. Okay. But, I mean, this is just more information on like Shakespeare's background right now. Well, he has absolutely no education documented. Most, you know, established writers went to like a prominent university and there's nothing even dating him being in any kind of education. But one of like the biggest things is that there are no written manuscripts from him. Everything is gone because when he died, nothing was left to anybody. But um, there are still six authenticated signatures from him. And it's basically just like child scribble, like a two-year-old scribbling. All six of them are absolutely different. So that's why nobody knows how to spell his last name. Like that is his last name, but nobody knows the original spelling because nobody in his family knew how to write. Kind of neat to me. Yeah, that's interesting. So he died in April of 1616 in Stratford. He left no signed will. He had an estate, left it to nobody. No mention of personal papers, books, or poems, and but they know that there is 18 plays that were unpublished at the time of his death. But I know a lot of the stuff that he had literally just vanished because he left it claimed to nobody, so it just kind of poof. So that's just kind of like his background, but I've got theories on a few of the people that they think are him. Okay. So Edward de Vere. He was a 17th Earl of Oxford, also known as the Lord Great Chamberlain of England. He was also a poet. There is little evidence about him writing these, but there are references and plays of his life that kind of intermingle. Uh, Sir Francis Bacon, I think, is the most popular one. At least that's the most popular one that I know. Sir Francis Bacon was a writer of New Atlantis. He did essays, he is a scientist, he penned plays. He's an extremely smart man. And there is not a whole lot of evidence, but I know that this one is more popular than some of the other people. I think the two, are like Sir Francis Bacon and Christopher Marlowe are the two that are the most like established, like these could be them writing, but they didn't want the, you know, like the extra publicity. Okay. Christopher Marlowe, he was a playwright. Same exact timeline as Shakespeare. They even kind of have like the same history. Came from kind of a poverty system. 
So there's a theory that reports Marlo's death was a drunken brawl in May. Um, the theory that reports that how Marlo died in a drunken brawl were falsified to protect him from going to prison for being atheist. And so they believe that he named Shakespeare to be the play, his play's author to kind of like hide his truth. Okay. I got you. <laughs> but I mean, there's not much more on that. And guys, I left my notes at work <laughs> and I'm really, really bad because I was so fucking prepared with this one because I like this theory. I absolutely like this theory because it, to me, it makes sense. Like, how can somebody that has no... I, I could believe that he would come up with the stuff yeah. and somebody else write it for him. It's possible. But I mean, I mean, there's other theories out there that he was just some drunkard who one of these famous people were like, I'm going to write these plays, but I want this guy to be the face to take the fame away. I know when I was in college, one of my favorite professors was very into the Earl of Oxford theory to the point that she was a member of the Oxfordian Society and she would go across the country to present papers on it. Honestly, I've never really understood the point. I mean, we can't definitively prove it. Yeah, there's no original documents anymore. And I know a lot of Shakespeare's works, you can't even find them anymore. It's lucky that we still have as many as we do. It's interesting. Like I said, I've just never understood the point in debating it because even if we did. what What's going to happen now? Yeah, yeah. Even our, if we established, yeah, the Earl of Oxford wrote them, does that change history in any significant way? No, but it's something to get you thinking. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to say on that? No, I want to hear yours so bad. I have been dying <laughs> to tell you this one. Okay. Yeah, I've been messaging Emily the last couple of days. Originally, I was going to cover Flat Earth, and just in the preliminary stages of getting some notes together for Flat Earth, I came across a theory that makes Flat Earth seem sane. And I'll just preface it with, I know Flat Earth infuriates a lot of people. I actually see some value in entertaining the thought. I don't believe it in any way, but... There's two different types of flat earthers. There's the people that buy into it just completely. And then there's the people that it's all about the questioning. I mean, most people that hate on flat earthers can't themselves scientifically prove why the earth is round. They're just regurgitating knowledge. And that's the point of many more academic flat earthers. It's you should question things and be able to explain why you believe something. But... There's also people that believe in a hollow earth. They believe we're on the outside of the globe, but the inside is hollow. And there's a second sun at the core and whole other civilizations. But then there's a third set. What? There's the set that believes we are the civilization on the inside. Huh. This is called concave earth theory, also known as cell earth because it envisions the earth as like a cell with an outer membrane and then like a core. Imagine you cut a globe in half, and then you take the map as we know it, and you just paint all the continents on the inside surface of the globe. And that's where the land masses we know are. And in the center of the sphere is the celestial sphere, and it's made of glass. And that's where all of the heavens are. <laughs> the look you're giving me. 
Hey, you didn't even get that far into it. This isn't the most insane thing I'm going to tell you. Just buy into the fact that there's a sphere made out of glass, okay? Okay. It's where the moon, the sun, the stars, and the planets all are. So does that mean that everything else is flat, too? Nope. Okay. Well, see, in this theory, nothing's flat. It's all spherical. It's just the universe as you know it is just the inverse of everything. The biggest thing is the outer surface of the Earth, and then all the heavens and everything is condensed into the very center of this sphere. Within this glass sphere is three smaller spheres, all made of glass. (laughs) What? And we can prove this because sometimes you can see these. You know, on certain days when the atmosphere is right, you can see a prism halo around the sun. You're seeing the outer edge of one of the other spheres. Okay. I love the look you're giving me right now. Guys, strap in because this only gets more insane. So I've got some foil on my fridge. Do I need to make a foil hat for this theory? No, you need to get a scuba suit because we're taking a deep dive into some bat shit. Perfect. Now, the reason we don't see this sphere that's in the middle of the sky is because there's an optical illusion. And because of the angle that we're observing light, it gives the appearance that the sky is a dome that curves away from us when actually it's a sphere that curves towards us. And the sun, in this theory, has a magnetic field shaped like a figure eight with one loop coming out the top and another loop coming out the bottom. And the sun is at the center of this figure eight. Closer to the center of the sphere, where the sun is, the magnetic field creates a lifting force that pulls everything towards it. And that's what keeps the plants from crashing through the glass and killing us all. And then as you get further away from the center of this magnetic field, it switches polarity and it pushes things. We experience this as gravity and it keeps us pushed against the outer layer of the earth so we don't fall towards the center. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I love seeing your expressions of just like, what the fuck? Yeah, you think it's crazy too, right? Yeah. Oh, I got plenty more notes on this. And this magnetic force also explains why we don't see the other land masses up in the sky. Okay, okay. So it's the fact like you have the Earth, but like instead of it being on this side, it's on this side. Like you have like a sphere. Yeah, if you're inside the sphere, you should be able to see the other land masses on the opposite side of the sphere. Okay. But we can't. And that's because this magnetic force is so powerful, it actually curves light. So the sun's light comes down straight, hits the earth, and then because of that magnetic force, it curves it up on both sides and follows the like loop of the figure eight. And then as the sun rotates, because it's only lit on one side, yeah, it's only lit on one side. So as it rotates throughout the day, that loop moves its way across the surface of the earth and exposes only certain areas to the light and that's how you get night and day but also since our vision relies on light bouncing off of objects and coming into our eyes that's why we can't see the objects on the other side of the sphere because that light has curved back towards the sun instead of towards those things so we can't see them so that's why we have a horizon the horizon is just the point where the light has curved back towards the sky and we can't see anything back past that now stop me if you have questions. I don't know how to form questions for this. Also, we can't actually see the sun. You might think you look up in the sky and see the sun. No. Is it a reflection? 
Yes, because the sun is actually contained in an eight-sided die. <laughs> Do you have to roll it and make a decision for you? No. <laughs> but it does rotate, and that's how we get that night-day cycle I was talking about. But an eight-sided die? Yeah, it's four triangles on the bottom and four triangles on the top. It's like two pyramids put yeah. butt to butt. This die is made out of a bunch of mercury discs, and it's multiple layers building up into this die, and the light of the actual sun inside reflects off of them, and eventually it finds its way out and bounces towards us. Okay. Since it's only lit on one side, when it's facing, the sun is facing away from us, that's when we get night. And speaking of night, let's talk about stars. <laughs> See, stars do exist, but most of the stars that we think about, the constant star patterns, constellations, they aren't actually stars. We'll come back to those. The real stars aren't actually giant balls of burning gas. What they are is small sound bubbles that vibrate so fast they produce heat and glow. And these bubbles are suspended in dark matter, which is a liquid filling the celestial sphere. What? Now, let's get back to the constellations. Since they're pretty constant, we see them as a pattern moving across the sky. Here's why. They were caused by the Great Flood. Okay. And the Great Flood occurred when actual stars, these super hot sound bubbles, settled on the bottom of the sphere. And as they collected, they got so hot they melted holes in the glass, causing water to just come rushing out. And it flooded the earth. And then as the glass cooled, it congealed and sealed the holes, leaving little imperfections. And when light inside the sphere hits these imperfections that are like in a set pattern, it produces the constellations. Okay. And since the sphere itself rotates, the constellations appear to travel across the sky. Okay. <laughs> but there's proof that this happened. We know for a fact that the Great Flood was caused by these holes being burnt into the glass because of the spiral shape of galaxies, which was caused by the water rushing out of the sphere in a spiral shape. You know, when you see water go down a drain, it circles. Mm -hmm. That's what gave the galaxies their spiral form. <laughs> you have no words. No. Okay. There's more evidence of this glass sphere. <laughs> I fucking, I love this. Absolutely love this. You see, comets often appear to have a curved tail. That's not because they are falling in kind of curved trajectory. That's a lensing effect of the glass. Because the other one would be stupid. Yeah, it would. <laughs> Who would think that they would ever possibly take a curved trajectory? And rainbows? They're a prismatic effect caused by moisture collecting on the outer surface of the sphere. Honestly, the only one that makes sense. Yeah, that's all I have for notes on the concave earth i was trying to follow this theory so closely i i originally stumbled across it found this old ass model from an 1800s cult that originated this theory that showed basically a split globe with this glass celestial sphere inside of it i have to give them props because i mean 1800s they, don't, they didn't have the technology that we had now. I mean, I have to give it to them for coming up with this. There's so much in there, and I basically just got the surface of it. There's math and explanations of magnetic fields and the ionosphere. It's really 
they have an answer for every possible question you could ask. That's impressive. That That's honestly impressive. Like, these people are so committed. I have to give it to them. That was honestly quite interesting. Really fucking out there. And But just on this and the hollow earth and flat earth, I think they're cool theories. I, I don't buy into them at all. At the same time, I don't see the point. Kind of like the Shakespeare thing. Mm-hmm. If somebody came and, like, the government scientifically proved, oh, yeah, the Earth is flat, it really wouldn't change my life all that much because somehow our satellites and wireless connections, they all work. I don't need to know how they work. It's not going to change how I live my life. No. Like, even if space isn't something that actually exists and we can't send satellites through this glass sphere, our technology is working somehow. That's good enough for me. It's not like a lot of conspiracy theories where, I don't know, say the government killed JFK or the government was behind 9-11, where people died and someone should be held accountable. Yeah. This is just, we're being lied to about something that doesn't need to be lied about. Um, You want to just jump right into a game inspired by Emily's game, Dan Guesses Bands. I'm going to call this fake news. <laughs> yes, I am. All right. So the idea of this is I have like 11 facts. How'd you get started with this, Dan? I made up a random fact at work one day, as I like to do. I just like to create truths. Rachel finally told me what it was because you hadn't. Damn it. That's one of mine. (laughs) Oh, okay. Fuck. (laughs) Thanks, Rachel. She's going to be so happy that we said her name. Rachel ruined the game. Okay. So I have 10 facts (laughs) and an 11th one that we will get to eventually. And I'm not going to tell you how many of them are true and how many are false. You just have to guess. Okay. Okay. One Old Norse word for snow is Jotunfallen, which can be translated as the giant's dandruff. False. Yes. Thanks, Rachel. Was that the yeah, one? <laughs> that was the one. Damn it, Rachel. Hey, you almost got me, though. The Olympic flag's colors are always red, black, blue, green, and yellow. And this is because at least one of those colors appears on the flag of every nation on the planet. I think that one's true. Right. In ancient Egypt, a shaved head was considered the ultimate in feminine beauty. Egyptian women removed every hair from their heads with special gold tweezers and polish their scalps to a high sheen with buffing cloths. So there's not an actual, like, um, royalty rank in it. It's just women in general? Yeah, it's just the standard of beauty. False. That's true. Okay. And I did not fact check these all that deeply. I found a list of facts. We're going well, with they're true. I think it probably has something to do with Cleopatra. Maybe. I just love that they polished their head to a high sheen. Why not? Early crime scene photographers were required to sprinkle chalk around victims to minimize the appearance of blood in publications. This later evolved into the more familiar chalk outline everyone knows today. I'm going to go true on that one. That's false. Ah, That's good, though. That's a good one. Thank you. That's what I like to do. I like to make up things that are plausible. A jiffy is an actual unit of time, one one one-hundredth of a second. I think this one's true because of, you know, there being a pinch and a dash as measurements. Yeah, it's true. 
In 18th century England, gambling dens employed someone whose job was to swallow the dice if there was a police raid. I have a feeling about that one's true. True. It would make sense. In 1982, artist Andy Warhol gave an interview with the Pittsburgh Observer in which he credited vaccinations for making him artistic. For being Andy Warhol, I don't find it that outlandish. But I feel like we're on a truth streak, so I'm going to go false. It is false. But I feel like it'd be something that would come out of his mouth. Yeah, I started at who would claim that vaccinations made them artistic. (laughs) And I worked backward from there. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because you like to make the artistic joke. (laughs) (laughs) The fax machine predates the invention of telephones by 33 years. False. That's true. Really? Yes, it worked with telegraphs. Mm, Okay, there it is. I had, that's one I did fact check. I'm like, there's no way that's true. It is. That's awesome. That's really cool. Rats multiply so quickly that in 18 months, two rats could have over a million descendants. True. True. Because isn't that how the Black Plague kind of happened? Uh, I think so. I've already lost track of score because I was circling the ones you got right, and I've been circling every single one. (laughs) Okay. Ancient Egyptians slept on pillows made of stone. Um, false. That one's actually true. Huh. Apparently it was to keep bugs and stuff out of their mouths and ears. They also used wooden and ivory pillows. Uh, Last one. Mass media exports make up nearly one quarter of Japan's economy, with the anime industry alone accounting for 17.4% of the economy, making it their third most important industry behind technology and pharmaceuticals. True. That's false. Really? (laughs) It makes up like less than 1%. Honestly surprised about that. Honestly absolutely surprised about that one. Oh, not bad. If I'm remembering this correctly, I think... I think you got, uh, you only missed three as far as I can tell. Cool. You know me too well. I want to play this again. The hard part is finding the actual facts. The list that I found, there was stuff that like, okay, that can't be right. And so I did fact check it and yeah, it wasn't right. So for you audience members, I am absolutely 100% surprised that Dan just didn't fill it with just stupid, just false advertising, not false advertising, just you know, Dan didn't make up all of these. I'm honestly surprised because that's shit he would do. I actually thought about making them all true. <laughs> that's also something I would do. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. All right. Are you ready to just wrap us up with Urban Dictionary? I know you're dying to tell me this one. I am so excited and you guys have a doozy for the end of the year. So your word today, Dan, is dump truck. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, it's a good, and I have a sentence with it. Tucking the cock and balls between the legs and proceeding to ejaculate in the female's mouth while backing up and dropping a steamy load on her chest, making crazy beeping noises like a dump truck. Beep, 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 said little Eugene as he dropped a killer deuce all over Molly and her twin sister. Now that's what I call a dump truck. (laughs) Happy New Year. No words. Anyways, guys. I don't even have questions like I did last week. I just, I'm ready to move on from that thought. (laughs) Uh, I just like that it's a steamy load. Oh, God. (laughs) 
And okay. on that note. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. Please share us with any of your friends. If you're on Apple, go ahead and give us a star rating and review. That helps other people find us. If you listen to us in other places, tell your friends about us too. Anything to just help us get the word on the podcast out. It's actually helping us. We just had our biggest week yet for downloads. So thank you, everybody, for yeah, listening. Yeah, so much, guys. It means a lot to us. And, you know, you can always find us on Facebook at Micah Jiggers Podcast, where you guys can communicate with us, ask us questions. We always love to hear your feedback and let Tell us- Tell me what you want to hear said dirty. <laughs> yes, guys, for real. Let us know when we post the video in the comments of that video. What video? <laughs> Sorry. Um, let us know when the episode posts in the comments underneath it, what d- words you want to hear Dan say dirty, and we'll come back in the new year with Dirty Words with Dan. Yeah, I'll make it super creepy. Oh, I'm so excited. So creepy. But thank you so much, guys, and have a wonderful new year, and we really appreciate everything. Yeah, I hope you guys just have an amazing 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Wait, wait, wait. Say it dirty, Dan. Bye, Felicia. (laughs) Bye, Felicia.